Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, thank you all so much for coming out late on Christmas Eve. It is a special night. My name is Dave, for those of you who don't know who I am and Uh, It's my joy and privilege to be a part of this great team at Hills Baptist Church. Uh, Tonight's a special night, amen? Tonight is a really special night and we welcome you and it's so great uh, again to have you connect, especially if you're a first time here or you're from interstate or any of those things, welcome and again, welcome to everybody online. Um, I've been sitting uh, uh, here thinking about Christmas, thinking about what it is that, that we should talk about just as we a tradition that we have as a church on Christmas Eve is that we, we gather and we sing carols and we take communion. Uh, and thinking about what is it that the Lord would want us just to, to have a little think spot in as we head into communion, knowing that Christmas Day is only a couple of hours away. Who's excited? Who's nervous? Who's completely overwhelmed? Worried about the meat, whether it's going to cook in five hours or three or two? Or I had a friend who was a one-hour one hour roast that he put in the oven for five hours and no one could eat it, so that was a good celebration. Christmas is, is so close, but I wonder, I wonder why you came tonight. I wonder why you're here. Did you come tonight because uh, you love singing carols and you thought, what an awesome opportunity to get together and sing some carols? Did you come tonight because it's family and this is a family tradition, this is something that that you do, you gather your family on Christmas Eve, you come along and, and you sing together and you spend some time. Uh, did you come because your friend told you you were going to go and see Avatar 2 and somewhere along the way something happened, you got tricked and you've wound up here wondering what the heck happened? Did you come because this is the thing that you do at Christmas? You pop into church and um, that's sort of a history you've had. You know, there's a whole lot of reasons why, why all of us are here tonight. And for me, as I reflected upon that question, thinking, why am I here tonight? The answer is not because it's my job. As I sit here and, and, and pondered all week about why am I here? Like, why does this matter? Why am I here? Why Christmas Eve? Why carols? And the response that came to me is, yes, to gather with family, to gather with friends, to sing carols, because who doesn't love a carol? You know, to worship the King, but fundamentally why I'm here tonight and why I know that God has brought each of you tonight, whether you meant to be here or not, is to remember. It's to remember that the cradle exists to point us to a cross. that the birth of Jesus is a great celebration. But the birth of Jesus must always be understood in the context of the shadow that is cast upon it from Calvary. And there's a whole lot of passages we could go to to talk about this. There's so many different places we could go because all of Scripture, all of all through the prophets, all through the entire Bible, it, it speaks to this, that this, There's this moment coming, there's this person coming and it's all about what he's going to achieve. But today, I want to take us to what you might think is an obscure idea. 
But I wanna talk today from the life and the words of a jolly old man with a big white beard whose name begins with S. And it's not Santa, it's Simeon. So if you've got a Bible, jump into Luke in the second chapter from verse 25. We read this. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. Everyone say Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, which is on the 40th day to bring the child for dedication. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. I told you, he's a jolly old man. Saying, Sovereign Lord, you have promised, you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory for your people Israel. The child's Father and mother marvelled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child, listen to this, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your heart also. It's a fairly intense thing to have said over your child on the 40th day of his life, amen? Simeon, it's an incredible little moment in Scripture that has so much to say about why we celebrate Christmas. So here's here's what I wanna do just very, very quickly. I want us to unpack a little bit about who this Simeon is and why we should trust him, right? Like why should we look at these words and be like, there's something I should listen to? Here's the first thing you need to know about Simeon. Simeon, first and foremost, is a pious person. Now, what do I mean by pious? In verse 25, it tells us that he was righteous and devout. So by righteous and devout, it meant Simeon was a man who was dedicated to the Lord. Like Simeon had given his life to serving the Lord. He knew the law, he'd read the Bible, like he understood it, he, he, uh, he followed all the religious stuff that he was supposed to do. He was a devout and righteous man. And that means that he didn't just follow like the big rules. He probably followed the little rules like in Leviticus where it tells a man not to cut the hair on his temples or trim the edges of his beard, which is why I think he had a big white beard. Because he was a pious person, yeah? But more so than just being a pious person, more so than being an upright person, a trustworthy person, The reason we should listen to this guy and the reason that we should take on the words that he speaks a little bit later is because he was also a patient person. If you come back to verse uh, 25, it says, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting, everyone say waiting, for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. How many of you love waiting? How many of you have ever got a promise from God? Verse 26 says that it had been promised that he would see the Lord's Messiah before he passed away. How many of you have ever had a promise that you've had to wait for for a really long time? 
How many are still waiting? Like my wife is still waiting for me to replace the front headlight in our car. Sometimes, sometimes you can make promises. Sometimes you get promises, right? And you can be, as time draws on, you can start to think, is this ever gonna come to pass? And what we can tend to do is we can tend to doubt and we can tend to say, I don't think this promise is ever gonna come true in my life. And we move from that place of, of wrestle and doubt, we actually begin to walk away. We lose patience with the promise. But what we learn about Simeon is because he was a pious man, because he was, he was devout, because he was righteous, because he knew the promises of God and he got a word from God because the Holy Spirit was on him and he had heard from the Spirit of God that he was gonna see the Messiah, the one who would come before he passed away. He held on and he was patient and he endured and he kept on serving. And there is something Special. There is something unique about a person who perseveres, who sticks at something and who holds fast no matter what life throws their way. There's something about humanity that actually admires people like that. You with me? That when we look at people who have been patient and who have persevered, that we say, that's someone I'm going to listen to. And so Simeon is a pious man and he's a patient man. And the patient, it, it infers a couple of things, right? The first thing it, it infers, I think, as we look at this, is that Israel, what's, what's he being patient about? He's being patient about the fact that Israel needs comforting, yeah? The word that we read is he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, now, the first time I read consolation, I was like, I don't even know what consolation means. And in the Greek, it's this word paraclete, which is the same word that the Bible uses for the Holy Spirit when it's talking about the Holy Spirit being our comforter. So it's saying that He was waiting for the Holy Spirit's comfort to come upon Israel. He was waiting for comfort, which infers that Israel needs comforting, yeah? What do they need comforting from? And it could be a few things, right? It could be the fact that in 63 BC, because this is a historical event, in 63 BC, General Pompey came in, threw over Rome and started ruling. And so Israel, it could be the fact that, hang on, Israel's now under Roman authority and Roman rule and that they're needing comfort, right? Because the Romans were a pretty barbaric people. So it could be that there's this picture that actually they're not who they were called to be. They don't have independence and therefore they're longing for comfort. But I think it goes a whole lot deeper than that. I think it actually comes all the way back to Genesis 3 with the whole idea that we were created to dwell with God and because of sin and because of brokenness, because of choices, that now we exist under this curse of toil. That there's this constant striving. That there's this disconnect from the people we were created to be and the relationship we were created to have. That there's no peace. That there's no hope. That there's no joy. And that just maybe when you're living in that place of no peace and no hope and no joy, the thing that you need is comfort. And I think that's what 
he's getting at here, that he's waiting for the comfort of God to come upon Israel, which then speaks to this second part of this, that actually all through the Scriptures, there's been this promise that this peace, this hope, this joy, this comfort, this consolation would come through a Messiah. Well, the Hebrew word was Yeshua, that, that the Messiah would come and would be the one who brings this comfort to this people. And that Simeon had got a word that he would see this comfort come to pass. What a promise. It's better than a promise of a new car at Christmas. That's better than a promise of anything we could hope for in this world, that there would be genuine, lasting peace come upon the people who were created for peace. And so Simeon has this word, and I think there's this inference there that he's waiting for the Messiah, that, that he's going to see something and that he has been waiting a long, long time. Because he then goes on and says, as we read, that now I can pass away in peace. That actually, I've waited a long, long time, right? I've been at this for a long time. I didn't know if it was gonna come, but finally now, patiently, I can, I've seen the Lord's Messiah and now I can go. And so all of those things together, I think as we look at that and traditions would hold that Simeon was a really old man. Like there's old men and there's really old men. And traditions would hold that Simeon was a man well into his even over 100 who had just faithfully served. And as a pious man, now filled with joy, I think he was a jolly old man with a big old white beard. And he's a man worth listening to because not only was he pious and not only was he patient, but the last thing that we've really got to take hold of here, and this is where the rubber hits the road, is that he was prophetic. And that when he spoke, his words carried weight. And when you look at the prophetic word that this incredible man brings, saying that he was led by the Holy Spirit, that he knew the voice of God. Watch this. It says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Verse 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, did you, did you catch that, church? He said, my eyes have seen your salvation. He said, my eyes have seen your salvation. Come back, come here. Because if this was just about Pompeii, if this was just about the Jews under oppression, they're still under Roman rule and oppression. Are you with me? And so how can he say have seen when they're still under Roman rule and oppression? How can he sit there and say that my eyes have seen, past tense, I've seen your salvation. I've seen your Messiah. I have seen the one who was gonna come. Because what he's declaring here is that salvation is not an action. Salvation is a person. He looks upon this baby, he looks upon this child, Jesus, and in this moment he goes, I have seen salvation. I have seen hope. I have seen peace. I have seen 
joy, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of Roman rule, even in the midst of turmoil, people dying, things still going wrong. And here He declares an old man who's waited a long, long, long time and wondering if God would ever come through. And in this moment, He goes, ah, my eyes have seen it. Because salvation is not something we do. It's not a course that we can go to. It is not something you can pick up in a mindfulness class. It is not something that can come to us through politics. It is not something that can come to us through social networks or social movements. No, salvation is a man and His Name is Jesus. And the prophetic word of Simeon, this pious and patient man, is that my eyes have seen it. The promise has come to pass. And here He is. Here He is. And because of that, I can now go in despair, anxiety, wondering the state of the world. No, He goes, I can now go in peace because salvation is about peace. And then watch watch it, verse, verse 31, He says, For which you prepared inside of all the nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory for your people Israel. This salvation is a person and His Name is Jesus and this salvation is for everybody, not just for some. A light unto the nations. It's for everybody, not just for some. You might say, it's not for me. Yes, it is. This King who we celebrate tonight has come for you, that you might know hope, that you might know light, that you might know His glory. There's a reason Jesus said He was the Prince of Peace. There's a reason Jesus said He's the light of the world. And there's a reason that the author of Hebrews said that He is the radiance of God's glory because all of those things are the fulfilment of Simeon's prophetic word. I wonder today if you have peace. I wonder tonight if you have hope and I wonder tonight if you've come here to sing a carol, but maybe you just needed a reminder that because of all that He has done for us, there is hope no matter what you're travelling through. That there is a King worth holding on to. And how does it come? Listen to this word to Mary. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many and to be a sign that will be spoken again so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Right here, pick, just, just put yourselves in Mary's shoes for a second. You got a baby. He's 40 days old. You've had wise men come and they've given you gifts. Some of it's gold and you're like, that's awesome. Frankincense, you're going, that's a bit strange. And myrrh, you're like, what's that all about? That's like embalming fluid for dead people. That's a very awfully strange thing. And then it says, she pondered them in her hearts. And the other thing that she was pondering, whether before or after, probably before that stuff happened, but she starts to ponder this whole idea 
that a sword will pierce her heart to it. She just begins to get a little bit of an idea that just maybe this Messiah, this King, who the shepherds worship and the angels proclaim, is gonna bring about His light through suffering. Is gonna bring about His glory through suffering. Is gonna bring about hope and peace and kingdom rule and reign through suffering. And you begin to realise that you can't celebrate the cradle without coming to the cross. And you begin to realise that actually taking communion on Christmas Eve is entirely the most appropriate thing we can do. Because in communion we come and we take some bread or a wafer and we remind ourselves that His body was broken on that cross so that we could walk in eternal healing. And we take some juice or a cup to remind ourselves that on that cross, this baby, the King of all kings, suffered and bled so that we could be washed. So the guilt, shame, condemnation, the stuff that we've done that nobody knows about and we don't wanna talk about, that it can be wiped clean. The stuff that even when you have a shower, it's still there. The stuff that even when you talk to your counsellor, it's still there, wiped clean by the blood of the Lamb. You see, that's what we do when we come to communion. We remind ourselves of all that King Jesus has done. Amen. And so here's what we're gonna do. In just a moment, we're gonna take communion together and there's gluten-free at the back and there's stations over here and here. I'll invite you to get up and do that. But if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, you haven't said yes to this salvation, your eyes have not yet seen this salvation, you've not said, yeah, I wanna trust Jesus with all my heart. There's two things you can do. The first of which is you can just sit there and let the elements happen and choose not to partake because this is, this is more than a symbolic act. This is, this is a thing where we acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Or you can do a better thing. And right now you can give your life to Jesus. Right now you can say, yep, I need eternal hope. And you can say yes to Him. And you can come and you can take communion and you can celebrate the fact that even though you don't know all the theology, you know this one thing that Jesus Christ is Lord and I want Him to be Lord of my life. And if that's you right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me just in your hearts and invite Him in. And it's a very simple prayer. It just goes like this. Jesus, I see You. I hear You. And I wanna follow You. I receive Your salvation as You take my life. I'm yours.
if you prayed that prayer, either for the first time or maybe it's something you've been wondering and there's a moment of coming back to Him. Heaven's celebrating tonight. And we want you to come and take communion with us and we'd love for you to let us know so we can journey with you and you can either chat with one of the team or simply just fill out that QR code and click connect and click, I said yes to Jesus. We'd love to walk that with you and help you know more about who this glorious King is. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.